You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. Phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers. So, Craig, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. It's Craig from Indiana. It was it was really, really hard to watch our offensive line against the Lions, both uh, run and pass protection. Uh, what's strange is it seems like just a few weeks ago, people were talking about how good our offensive line was and how deep it was. I remember comments like most teams would love to have our second team offensive line as starters for them. Um, and it just seems to have turned so quickly. I know part of that's probably Bach being out for what looks like the year and Jenkins is hurt. And then we're just not seeing any progress from Myers and some of the others. And it was a horrendous game, obviously. I just wonder how much of it was because Zach Tom was injured, if he just because he clearly didn't seem to be on his game. Um, and I never know. I I know that our run blocking has not been good all year, but as you've said many times, the pass blocking was uh, was really good. But it, I was just surprised listening to the last couple of podcasts that it seems like um, you know this this talk of like trashing it all or overhauling it and and the draft picks that that being such a need, it just seemed like a, a pretty sudden turn uh, for at least uh, one based on one terrible game. And I know it's based on more than that, um, but it, it just was interesting to me going from a, a strong, deep uh, team uh, offensive line to their trash. Um, anyway, just my reaction to the last couple of podcasts. Take care. Right. And, and, you know, again, I don't think they are. I think this was, it's like I've said a thousand times now, just burn this game with fire. I mean, we we can't look at 50 games of our offensive line play being one thing and then let one game let us completely change our mind. That doesn't make sense. That's overreaction. Um, Like I said, every single one of those players, I believe, had a significantly worse game 
I didn't look to see if it's their worst. I, I would guess for at least one of these guys, probably Zach Tom, I don't know, maybe multiple guys, it's their worst game statistically. Um, but by far this year, every single offensive lineman had their worst game. And the fact of the matter is, the Detroit Lions brought four guys the whole game, and they said, we can beat you with our front four, and they did. So a team that does not have a good pass rush, not as good as the Saints' pass rush, not as good as the Falcons' pass rush, better than the Bears' pass rush, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that, um, that th- this team, with an offensive line that handled the first two, as far as, as uh, pass blocking goes, could not handle a weak pass rush, and had everybody had like the worst games that they've had by far this year. I just, I, I, I don't think there's anything rational in saying, I think that this one thing is true, and those other 20 examples, or what, however many, is false. Obviously, significantly less for Walker, more for Myers, whatever, but um, I think that's, that's uh, not the most rational take. Now, if they continue to regress, and this is a big drop-off, but I think there has been, like, seemingly some continual regression, which is baffling to me um and yeah Bakhtiari's hurt but but he hasn't played since week one you know um Elton Jenkins is hurt he's missed a couple weeks so I mean there's really no excuse especially for the rest of the guys you know if, if just those positions is worse than it was when we had Bakhtiari and Jenkins well that makes sense but um there's no excuse for Myers Runyon and Tom to have their worst games by far so um yeah, I think everybody like at least doubled their uh their pressures given up this year. It's just ridiculous. So yeah, I, I just just disregard it. Um and again, if it continues into the future, then something's broken. I mean the, the offensive line coach, the the team, the 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 guys, I, I don't maybe they trying to change something because Bakhtiari and Jenkins are out and it was a stupid thing to change. I, 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 that's the thing. I can't even fathom what would take an offensive line that was as good as it was prior to this game to be that bad because they went from top three offensive line to bottom three offensive line in a game. And like I've said before, all I'm trying to do is figure out what makes the most sense. And by far what makes the most sense at this time is that this was just a completely random anomaly, right? And we we see this a lot with a lot of different things. Good players play poorly. Great teams play poorly. Bad teams play good. We've also seen this with our offensive line. Usually it's up against better quality opponents. Usually it's against really good defensive lines that they all just crumble. It's not necessarily common to see them crumble against poor opponents, but I guess it could be a thing too. But just for this week, there is no reason for me to just throw everything out. Doesn't mean it can't be true. I'm just saying it doesn't make the most sense at this point in time. What up, Ryan? It's AA Ron from Eau Claire. Just going on. Um, calling about the future of the team. I was listening to your podcast about how, you know, what are the Packers needs to uh, upgrade and all that stuff. Um, uh, just a general thought, uh, before the season started, my prediction, um, as you wrote down, was uh, 9-8 and eight for this team. Um, I think unless 
the team gets drastically better as the season goes on and starts to really go on a hot streak, I think 9-8 and eight would be a pretty decent record for, you know, where this team is at. I think I would feel um, fine with that. Obviously, um, I hope they can win more than that, but at the same time, um, seeing as it's kind of an adjustment year, um, anything above 500, in my opinion, is um, it, it will at least give give me the feeling that the arrow is pointing up for the team. Sure. Uh, and then secondly, uh, in terms of the upgrade for the team, I think my hope would be that they figure out what they have in Jordan Love, and hopefully he proves um, at least that. You know, he's got um, continuing promise and continuing improvement over the year um, because then they can start to figure out what to do next year and then uh, they'll have a lot more capital to work with once the Rodgers contract starts uh, um, starts to become a non issue. Uh, on their salary cap. So I think um, my hope would be that they, you know, draft uh, draft smartly, and I think they can probably make the most improvements um, in the trenches and um, in the, like, the kind of the short to medium game on both sides of the ball, you know, running game. Um both from a line perspective and a uh, blocking from everybody. And then uh, obviously the running backs themselves, you know, Aaron Jones um, is great and is also, you know, getting injured every now and then and getting a little older. And A.J. Dillon, you know, you know, we've seen him be good. We've seen him be bad. We've seen him kind of all over the place, but not uh, necessarily, you know, the proven um, playmaker you want. Three-minute monster got him. Um, yeah, I, I, look, if we can get to nine wins, which is what we had last year, pretty sure, um, with, you know, first-year starting quarterback, insane amount of youth, as well as injuries uh, across our, our um, playmakers, no run game, and a extremely mediocre defense I would call that a major win assuming we can fix those issues assuming we can actually develop a run game assuming that as our young playmakers develop they continue to get better as does Jordan Love continue to get better assuming we can find a defensive coordinator that can get these guys to play anywhere near their potential if we can assume those things then yeah, nine wins is phenomenal. Um, but if we can't assume those things, then we're just a 500-ish team. You know, I know you can't get to 500 anymore, but 500-ish team is about what we would be. So um, I, I would agree that if we can scratch and claw to nine the way things are, then that's extremely promising. Because I, I, I do expect those things, many of those things, not every single one of those things, to improve. So uh, 
it's just a matter of a scratching and clawing. Now, if we win four games this year, which seems impossible, but remember, the Bears won three games out of like their first four and didn't win a single game after that. So um, I, I'm not assuming anything. If we end up winning, you know, four games or something this year, then you got to be nervous because it's like, I, you know, geez, we, <laughs> we kind of have to hit on all those things and then see if we can get to nine or ten wins. So, um, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we got some work to do. Hey, you got cut off there. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind if they invested in running back on some level, whether that was through free agency, whether that was the draft. Um, I certainly would love to see them invest in some run blocking, um, defensive players, like players who really, uh, excel at that. And I honestly wouldn't. To be fair, that's exactly what we got in our linebackers. I know we don't have necessarily anybody up front, although Kenny was supposed to be that, but he's turned into a pure pass rusher. Um, we got Slayton, who is that, although he's not doing a super good job. We got the linebackers, who are supposed to be that. So, yeah, we probably don't have enough. And we certainly lean pass rush, which we should, but, yeah. I, don't, I mean, there's a part of me that's just so sick of the freaking excuses, too, though. Like, it's always on the GM to get, like, five more first-round picks. Like, <laughs> you only have Kenny and Quay and Devondre and TJ Slayton. Oh, and Preston, who was brought here to be, like, a premier uh, run stopper. Oh, and you drafted Rashawn, who's not great at run defense, but let's be honest that he should be. Like, that's it. That's all you've done. Well, that's not enough. We need another first-round pick nose tackle. Like, freaking, you know what? No. Screw you. Stop the run. Okay, how about that? How about screw you? I'm so just tired of all the excuses, dude. I mean, it's, look, you know how many defenses are better than us that have less than us? A lot. Show me you can be, like, the seventh best defense, and then we can talk about how to get you up into, like, the second or third best defense. Like, well, we don't have what the Jets have. Okay, anybody else? Are you the second best defense in football? And by the way, this entire identity of I don't care about stopping the run... We're just going to rush the passer. You know who embodies that? The Buffalo Bills. Second best defense in football based on points and yards. They rank 32nd in rushing yards per attempt, giving up 5.9 yards per attempt. They can't stop the run. Second best defense. Sounds like they don't make excuses. They just execute. Cleveland Browns, second best run defense in football. They allow 2.8 yards per attempt with what exactly? Who do they have? They have Zadarius Smith off the edge. I don't know if you knew this, but we used to have Zadarius Smith. They have Miles Garrett, who is an elite pass rusher with a 52 run defense grade. They have Jordan Elliott, who is a third round pick, whose best year was his rookie year. He had a 51.3 grade. He currently has a 44.3 grade with a 47 run defense grade. Their one true nose tackle is Dalvin Tomlinson, who generally is a very good run defender, but is struggling this year. He has a 59 grade, 56 run defense grade. And their best linebacker ranks 34th. Anthony Walker Jr. has a 68 grade. So they got one nose tackle, kind of like we have, who's struggling, and a bunch of pass rushers. So what's their excuse? Oh, they don't, they don't make excuses. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering, I'm wondering where the elite football players are. How many names did I list that you're like, dude, that dude is an elite run defender? There's, there's none. Like I said, Dalvin Tomlinson is the only one, and he's having a bad year, and the team right now is second in run defense. It's not true that elite teams are just a collection of elite talent. 
that if you have holes or discrepancies or anything like that, you're not going to succeed. Well, obviously, we don't have good run defense. Where's all the run defense players? What are you talking about? They're the guys on the defense. (laughs) Do you know who the number one run defense team is in terms of yards per attempt given up per play? Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are built this way. This, this, this is how I know it's a mentality thing. It's the same teams every year that are good at this. Even when the teams take a step back, right? like the defense is, is eighth in points, 12th in yards, the offense is terrible, whatever. But what? who are the guys up front that are really good at this? They don't have edge rushers. Tennessee has never had edge rushers. They just don't. They've had Jarvis or Harold Landry forever. That dude can't do anything. <laughs> Pass, rush, run, defense, terrible. They have Arden Key, another guy that was a big swing and a miss. He was supposed to be an elite first rounder, ended up falling into the third. Um, He actually does have a 70 run defense grade right now, but that's a complete anomaly. Off uh, Defensive line, they have Danico Autry, run defense grade of 55. At nose tackle, they have a 304-pound Tyre Tart, never heard of him in my life. 2020 undrafted free agent out of Florida International with a 55 run defense grade. Then you have Jeffrey Simmons, who is a very good pass rusher, but he has a 52 run defense grade. Number one run defense in football right now, 2.9 yards per attempt. The best guy up front that they have right now, as far as their starting front, is Arden Key. I mean, come on. I mean, again, how many, how many elite names did you hear me list? How many did you hear that you're like, whoa, dude, that guy is good? Maybe Jeffrey Simmons, but again, I'm telling you, very good pass rusher, but that's it. Who else? Nobody. Find if they use free agency to fill that need because the draft is such a um, hit or miss, you know, proposition. Um, And like I remember when Tampa Bay uh, brought in some free agents like Indomitian Sioux and Vita Vea, um, uh, I believe that was who it was, mm-hmm. and uh, were dominant against the run. And so I think adding some proven run-stopping players um, and spending a little money on it, that's an area where I think free agency can be really, really uh, advantageous based on what I've seen on some other teams. Um, but... Uh, yeah, obviously safety um, would be nice. Linebacker, I wouldn't mind. But uh, yeah, so that's where I that's where I would go in terms of spending uh, spending in free agency and in the draft. Um, maybe a couple receiver, maybe a couple just shots at receiver, maybe a proven veteran. If if it seems like Jordan loves kind of finding his footing, that could. Uh, be a nice addition to the the players we have developing. So that's uh, that's my thoughts. Go back, go. Let's hope that this next game is a um, good comeback from this uh, this last game. Yeah, I mean, there's always guys you could bring in, like Snacks Harrison, right? Who didn't even end up playing, and when he did, he was terrible. Um, it's hit or miss, but. Again, I'm kind of looking at it from the standpoint of until we find a way, a person, people, whatever, that can actually utilize the guys we have, get them to their full potential and then tell me what we need. Because right now we're just throwing money into a pit. 
right? It just, it, it doesn't serve any purpose. We're paying for something and it's not getting fixed. And we're paying for something that's not getting fixed. It's like, what, what, what am I paying for? I don't understand what, what the point of this is, right? If Matt LaFleur can make this thing go to, to the best of its ability and then says, you know, it's working pretty decent, but it would be a lot better if we had XYZ. Okay, I'm going to get you XYZ. If I get Joe Barry, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z, and he's like, hey, man, maybe we should check out the Greek alphabet. You know, it's like, you know what, dude? I'll tell you what. Make this work. At least give, get, get anybody to do anything, aside from Rashawn Gary just firing off the edge. Make this thing work, and then we can talk. The thing is, though, if you actually get this thing working up to 100%, I'm not sure you're going to need very much. I'm pretty sure we're going to be staring at the offense going, that's the problem over there. But, it, you know, we, we at least have to get this thing up to expectations. It's, it's so far from that, it's kind of ridiculous. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Ryan, how the heck are you doing? What's up? This is Nico, fresh back from my trip to Green Bay. Uh, so, first of all, first off, amazing trip. I know the game sucked, but loved going there. Loved all the fun we had. Loved the stadium. It was amazing. I would go again in a second. So, uh, no, no, no backlash as far as, uh, you know, the game. Loved it there. Uh, as far as, I don't mean to talk about the game. Everyone else has made pretty good comments about the game. You know, we all know this is kind of a wash season, and we need to find out where we suck so we can fix it. We clearly need offensive line help. And honestly, I think it starts there. You know, I know we couldn't stop the run, but to be honest, if we could block at all and run ourselves, they wouldn't have to, you know, run the ball so much. They wouldn't be able to because they're going to try to win. But, um... Had an amazing time in Green Bay, and yes. Uh, also, I will say this about the game: I didn't. I, one of my fears about this team is that they just come in and start winning. And yeah, that's cool and all, but I kind of want them to go through some hard times. I want them to like respect the game, not think it just comes easy. 
I don't want them to get punched in the mouth because they're such a young team. Because I think that builds a better team in the future. And yeah, I just listened to your, you know, you just did the podcast about drafting, and I don't think we're that far away from being good. I think Love still could be good. I honestly think our receivers are good. Some of the Breed, even Torre, is coming around. If Watson just can stay healthy, for sure. But yeah, anyways, I wanted them to have some. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. Let me find your spot here. Struggles, and I didn't want it to come easy. So that kind of looks like that's how it's going. But uh, loved Green Bay. Uh, I was, I meant, you know, I told you I was going. I mentioned that if anyone wanted to force me to have fun with them, I would. And someone did, and I did. His name was the Scott. Apparently, he knows everybody in Green Bay. So if, if you're from Green Bay, if you know a guy named Scott, that's him. Oh, but, uh, good. Oh yeah, uh, I I wanted to go to a dive bar. We went there. Whew, it was it was a dive bar. Uh, <laughs> then we started talking about steaks. I was forced to eat some lamb chops at some place called the Republic Chop House. I think. All right. Uh, Never wasn't the worst chop. place in the world. I would I would go there again. So uh, even though we lost the game, what a great trip. But uh, anyways, yeah, I don't think we're that we're not that far off. And yeah, this was a crapper game. I remember. I think it was when we won the with Favre the Super Bowl that year. We went to. Uh, um, can someone else could help me? <clears throat> Hang on. <laughs> All right, here we go, Nico. But I remember that I believe it was the year we won the Super Bowl with Favre. In the beginning of the year, we went to I think it was Indianapolis and lost like forty to three. And man, this was before social media and all that bullcrap. But still, people, you know, would call into shows and stuff, and talked, and everyone's just freaking out, and, you know, um, everyone does lay lay a stinker, and I think we found our stinker. Clearly, I don't want to do any more, but like I said, this is a year where we gotta, we gotta, we gotta sift our players, and find out where we gotta go, and I don't, clearly we need, we need, we need offensive line help, but um, I'm just, I'm just still excited for the future. We got such a young team, Obviously, some of us, well, some people had maybe a little bit too high expectations. Like, I got to say, I was surprised. I thought that Jersey Mike was going to call you from, like, a cliff ledge somewhere. <laughs> uh, at Christmas, Alabama, I tell you what, I, I feel your passion, dog. I feel your passion. But it's going to get better, bro. We got, we still got a good team. We still got an excellent base. I'm just very excited for the future. Can't wait to go up or play the uh, – play Las Vegas and just show them what a good team looks like. But uh, anyways, yeah, I think we'll be all right. You know, try not to get too high on the wins and try not to get too low on the losses because they happen to everyone. I was thinking this is probably the week uh, uh, Miami will go lay a, lay a crapper and get beat. You never know because that stuff happens. It is the NFL. So go pack go. And uh, I, I like some of the stuff I saw. If, as long as we can fix the stuff that's bad, uh, you know, that's what we all want. So, anyways, still love the team. Go back, go. And next time we're going to Green Bay, Ryan, I might just make you come with me. All right? <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'll all make right. you come with me. I know you don't like that stuff. You don't have to do worry about the podcast. You can just live stream from the, from the, uh, right outside the stadium. I'll get your little table set up. You know what I'm saying? I'll take care of you. I'll be your little waiter. I'll bring you all your, your sodas and non-alcoholic drinks. So, uh, anyways. <laughs> Had a blast. 
can't wait to go back again. Go back, go. Peace out. Yeah, I think that's kind of key is, I mean, we're going to explore all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to say some wild stuff. Some is going to come off really negative. Some is going to come off overly positive. It's a twice daily podcast. We're going to explore a wide spectrum here. But I do think it's probably wise to do exactly what he said, which is to not get too high, not get too low. Um, And right now, everybody's too low. You know, even again with, you know, Nico had mentioned, we, we know we need offensive line help. And, and again, if we just throw out this last game, and we go back to, because it's still up for debate. Some people couldn't give a crap about how good of a pass-blocking job Josh Myers and John Runyon do. They want him gone. Like I, I, I am way too paranoid about the fact that 75% of the NFL is filled with off- offensive linemen that are just putrid. Like We don't even understand the level of garbage that some of these offensive linemen are. That are I mean, it's like, there's Runyon starting all over the place. But anyways, um, that, that terrifies me that we're just going to get rid of those guys. But let's just assume for a second that Elton Elton solid, we like him. We know we need a left tackle. We all like uh Tom. But what if I said that Runyon and Myers would always be the same guy they were last year, which is 75 to 80 pass blocking grade, which is one of the better ones in football, which is what Myers and Runyon were. They were one of the be- better pass blocking garden center in the entire NFL but subpar run blockers. Can we live with that, or are we going to undo it? Because I don't know. I I would probably keep it and see how it goes. If we happen to find somebody better, great. You know, it's, it's draft and develop always, and we'll see how it goes. But I, I, I am way too paranoid about taking 10 steps backwards by just uprooting that. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much offensive line help we need. It does. It does suck that we're not good at run blocking. That is problematic. But um, I don't want Jordan Love on his back five times a game just because we're trying to find some kind of big flat-footed mauler. That, that just scares me too much. Trucker Bob, I'm calling from Munich, Germany. Hey, welcome to Munich, baby. I love you, America. I found a friend, and we're going to sing our favorite NFL song. Oh, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles fly, Eagles fly. <laughs> okay, here we go. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best call we've ever had. Trucker Bob goes to Munich, Germany. And get some German, some freaking hammer drunk German to sing The Bears Still Suck. You're a good man, Trucker Bob. <laughs> You're a freaking legend, Trucker Bob. Daddy! Hey! What's up, man? Snacks. What's up, Snacks? Um, I couldn't call after Thursday. I needed to wait. To get it. Let things sink. <laughs> and I uh, thought maybe if I tried Sunday, I'd feel a little better and feel a little more normal, given this when I normally play, but... You know, after watching games today and letting things settle for Thursday, I still I just can't figure out where we are. Um, you know, some of the things you've been talking about the last couple of days. If the offensive line doesn't get fixed, I mean, we're not going anywhere. Right. But man, um, I don't know. I I still I still believe. I still think that there's I still think there's a lot of right too. I really do. Um, 
I think we just got to get healthy, man. I think we got to get healthy. And I think we need to coach a little bit better, <laughs> especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but it's there, man. And, again, I'm, I still believe, man, I still believe in the, the progress that can be made. And I, I do like our young talent. Um, I really do. So that's it. Sorry, nothing revolutionary, but uh, wanted to make sure I was checking in. Be safe, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an important point. We, we have not really had, and I know this isn't necessarily uncommon. Every team battles injuries, but when you're trying to get into a rhythm, and it's not just, you know, trying to get, like, one guy going or, or you know, Aaron Jones is a focal point and we haven't had him. I mean, it's just we're trying to get an identity. We're trying to understand how to play and how to what plays to run and what plays to not run, and that changes every single time somebody comes in or out. Right? We had a thing. Week one, and it was pretty good. We didn't have Christian Watson, so we had to change some stuff up. But whatever, we figured it out. Then we lost Aaron Jones. Crap. Well, then we lean on A.J. Dillon. Turns out we can't do that. we got to figure something else out, right? Uh, Romeo Dobbs kind of bailed us out. So, you know, and, and then we're, we, we continue to work through. We lose David Bakhtiari, and then we get um jones and watson back and we try to lean on watson and watson's we're not really figuring out what to do with watson yet and jones was on a pitch count so we didn't really use him very much plus the whole thing just got away from us to begin with so we couldn't even run a game plan which doesn't seem to be a very good game plan to begin with or the execution whatever i don't know it doesn't matter there's still an element of learning how to play together with all our guys on the field and it doesn't seem like they've done that yet they haven't really had an opportunity to do that yet um and so we need a day where the offensive line doesn't implode, pass blocking at least, um, and then from there work on building and, and running an offense with Watson and Reed and Dobbs and Aaron Jones as your primary base with Musgrave, if you know, assuming he can be healthy because we lost him too for a brief period of time. Uh, get Kraft kind of figured out, get him more involved, and just, you know what I mean? Like, we, we've got to build this, but we can't build because we don't have the pieces there seemingly ever. So you're right, we do have to get healthy. That is a, a primary component, and then once we get healthy, then we got to learn to work together. I mean, we're still getting some work. Love and Dobbs and Reed are getting some great work together, um, but we got to get Love and Watson going because that's, that's a critical piece of this offense, and it, it's never really worked, I mean, up to this point. It's part of the reason I said I'm leaning more toward Dobbs, even though I like Watson more as a receiver, just because there's such a strong rapport there with Dobbs, and, and there just hasn't been with Watson yet, but we got to get it there. Um, and again, we got to get Aaron Jones rolling and everything else. So, and, and you know, Dontavian Wicks and uh, Samori Ture, the whole crew, they just need more time, but we got to be healthy. We have to actually be running offensive plays, and we're not going to be running very much if we got three and out, and then our defense lets them drive down 17 plays. The offense just isn't getting many opportunities. Hey, Ryan, this is Craig from Indiana. Hey. Just listened to your last uh, After Dark and, and people getting pretty upset about uh, tickets being sold to the Lions, and I appreciated your your comments about that. Um, I do have season tickets and um, get to a couple games, so I can't get to all of them since I live in Indiana. Um and I've I've always first searched family members and people at work that I know or other Packer fans. Those are always my first choices. Um, I've even worked um, through you a couple times trying to get you know maybe getting them on Patreon or right. 
I know I put things on the uh, Packer um, uh, Patreon Facebook page that I have tickets, and again, getting no takers. Well, and that's part of my point, too, is, okay, if we're going to demand that they go find Packer fans, when season ticket holders say, hey, on, you know, whether it's our Patreon or whether it's just on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, our Facebook group, hey, I've got tickets, okay, then whose obligation is it to buy those tickets? Packer fans who are not season ticket holders. And if they don't do that, then it's not the season ticket holder's fault. Right? It's just, it's a fan base that doesn't want to go to the games, period. And again, even if they get put online, you can still go buy them. If you're not buying them, and Lions fans are, it's not a matter of season ticket holders or gold package members or anything like that. It's just it's just the simple matter of our fan base is not very motivated to go to football games. And yes, that sucks, and it's sad, because we're supposedly a, a fan base that's ravenous, and we go to all the games, and we travel really well, and we got embarrassed because Lions fans bought every single ticket that was available, and Packer fans didn't. That's just the reality. And and yes, he has come through me, and, and I've had a few different people say, you know, would it be okay if I try to tell people on the Facebook group or whatever that I've got tickets? Like, yeah, absolutely. Go see if you can find somebody. And to the best of my knowledge, nobody has ever been able to make a transaction that way. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what they're supposed to do. Light them on fire and just leave the seats empty or what? I don't know. That, that doesn't seem right to me. Um, so I would, I'll have to admit like three or four years ago, uh, a good friend of mine, a big Lions fan. And I said, Hey, you know, no one else is taking these tickets and do you want to go? And, uh, so he did. So I guess shame on me, but I thought, <laughs> that, uh, he that one might be on you, but I wasn't too concerned. About I understand that if it's, if it's a friend, I could see doing something similar. If a friend of mine, you know, like if I've got friends who are bears fans and if I had, uh, Tickets, I could see being like, look, I've, I, I got tickets to the game. I can't make it. Here you go if you want to go. You know, but yeah, if, if everybody does that, then then that's definitely on the ticket holders. For, But I don't think that's the problem is season ticket holders seeking out Lions fans. And he even said he wasn't, he tried to give them away to Packer fans, zero takers, and then gave it away to a friend of his who was a Lions fan. About the Lions, although they had our number back then. So I, I guess I'm one of those guilty ones, but um, that was one year out of the right. the 12 or so that I've had the tickets. Um, the other thing that I have done is donated them to um, – I happen to have handicapped seats, so I donated them to the disabled vets up in Green Bay and also to nice. uh, a family uh, transition center uh, so some kids could go. Um, so I have done that before, and that might be cool if people can do that. But, again, even that's a big ask. So you, you get a charitable contribution and a little tax write-off. But uh, And I just I think it's kind of nice to do that, especially for those uh, folks in those categories. But, um, again, not everyone's probably going to be able to do that or have the, the handicapped seats like I do for people with disabilities. But um, there's something people could think about is maybe doing that. Um, but it, it is. It can be a little complicated for sure. And to your point, there are Packer people who could have bought those tickets and elected not to. But it was embarrassing, um, and hopefully we can have a, a better showing. Take care. Bye.
Yeah, it is. And I, I, I think we all kind of take it for granted. Like Packer fans are going to flood those seats. It's not a problem. But, you know, it's kind of like when we do that with for, for voting. If somebody's supposed to win, which happened in a recent election, but we don't need to get into it, where everybody thought there was a 0% chance that this person was going to win. A lot of people didn't go. They didn't go. And what happened? The person who had no chance of winning won. <laughs> in large part because a massive group of, of largely less than motivated people thought, meh, it's a shoe in I don't need to worry about it. So it's the same thing with us. If it's like, eh, there's millions of Packer fans who would just love all these tickets and it's always going to be full and da-da-da-da-da. Just assume every time you don't buy tickets or I don't buy tickets, those tickets are going to be sold to an opposing fan base. And again, I'm not going. And because I'm not going, I'm not complaining. Again, my request, not my demand, but my request is exactly like Craig said. Please try to do what you can to sell them to Packer fans. I'm not asking you to give anything away. That's unfair of me to ask you to give something away that you purchased. You have my permission to use the Packernet Podcast Facebook group um, or whatever other venue that I have that has people in it to sell your tickets. Please be aware of scammers, though. Make sure it's a real thing to everybody that's on there. If you're going to buy tickets, I don't want anybody getting scammed and then blaming me. You told me to buy them. Just be careful. But if there's no takers, then do what you got to do, man. All right, let's take our second break really quickly here. We'll come back and see what else Nico has to tell us. Hey, Ryan, it's Nico. Hey. Um, so listening to the pod today, a lot of the people were complaining about, like, the 70% Lions fans in the stands. Now, I don't know if they intentionally zoomed in on an area that had a lot of fans. I know I was there, and it did not – I mean, yeah, there was some blue scattered around. It, it definitely was not no 75%. Um, and as far as I know uh, – uh, Joe was saying how the fans were loud. I don't know. I, I mean, every time, especially in the you know the second half when there was that comeback, every time the uh, Lions went to snap the ball, it was loud, and everyone was screaming. And then when you know when the Packers had the ball, right before they get up the line, it would quiet down. That's what a home you know home team fan base does. I've been at games. I was in the 2011 Packers versus Charger game in San Diego. And uh, it was like 60% Green Bay fans. But that's normal for, for uh, you know, Chicago. I mean, sorry, for uh, yeah. uh, the Chargers. Um, and the home team had to do a silent count at the end of that game when they were trying to come back to win because the Packers fans were so loud. So there was... I don't remember. Like I was there, and we'd have been having fun all day, but I wasn't like I wasn't, you know, forgetful drunk. Uh, there was a lot of green in the stands, and like I say, definitely they were louder. So they, you know, they had the 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 meter on the board, and it was like in the mid '90s, you know, before the Lions would go to snap the ball. When they get up to the line of scrimmage, you go up to like 105. Yeah, that's loud. And they honestly just did a great job in the noise. That's all I can say. So, and maybe that sound didn't translate over on the TV, but I thought it was it was pretty dang loud. So that's just ideal. Uh, that's like I said, 75% Lions fans. If if it was 75% Lions fans, they sure were cheering at the wrong time. That's all I got to say. But it wasn't 75% Lions fans. I think that's just people saying crap online, and then it's just like 
like a ripple. It just flies and grows and uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't think so. So anyway, uh, go Petco. You know, someone said it today. You know, everybody just calm down. We knew this was going to be here. Mama said there'd be days like this. We all came into this, you know, expecting it to be rough, and it's rough. And the Lions are always tough with us, and they're actually half a decent team now. So of course they're going to be rough and. A lot of good to take out of this game. Don't need to rehack it, but hey, go pack, go, bada bing, bada bing. Yeah, I, I don't remember, but I'm guessing the 75% was a comment I made, and I think it was partially hyperbole, but the the picture that was taken did look like 50-50. Maybe, maybe Packer fans are just wearing more neutral colors that don't stand out as much as the blue stands out or something. I don't know. But it was a picture taken from the press booth, so it was about, it was like one side of the entire stadium. Right, uh, I don't know, north, south, east, west, northeasterly, whatever. But yeah, I, I, you know, everybody that goes to games are like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's really loud. I think it depends partially where you're sitting. Um, there are some more rowdy areas than others. The the one thing that always annoys me, first of all, and, and maybe it doesn't translate. Also, the way the stadium is built, it's it's just not going to be as loud as like the domes and everything else. Um, a lot of that sound is escaping through the top. But it, it, it really doesn't sound as loud on the television in Lambeau as it does at some of the other stadiums where it's like it's, you can almost, it, it, there have been instances where it's almost kind of hard to hear the the announcers talking. It's that loud. And then also the, the quarterbacks who are like covering their ears and they're trying to listen. I don't usually see that. I don't remember Jared Goff doing that where he couldn't hear and was trying to cover his ears and listen. He seemed to be operating just fine. Um, and then the other problem is, I, I don't know if it's just the people near the end zones, but whenever you get that like end zone level or field level camera shooting the play and then you see through the play and you can see people in the stands usually right at like the 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 early rows in the end zone they're not doing anything they're not clapping they're not standing they're not making any noise and so it's like dude come on man stand up do something so everybody every time somebody calls in they're like everybody's standing everybody's screaming like i saw it on tv they're sitting they're not doing anything there's there's a couple people sitting in their chairs clapping and then that's it. And and I know there's people cheering because I can hear it. But I think it just kind of depends what section you're in. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't think Lambo gets quite as loud as some of the other the other stadiums do. Um, maybe that's partially because of the clientele, but also partially just because of the way the stadium is built. Would be my guess. I don't know. And and also, you know, where is the sound being picked up? Maybe it's a more insulated media booth, so you can't hear as well. I don't know, man. Maybe it needs to be because it's cold weather, so they make it like weatherproof glass as opposed to some other stuff. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. I'm just saying it doesn't sound as loud as in Lambo as it does in other places. I wish they had. There's so many things I wish that they would give you. You know, like we've seen like that noise meter. You used to see that back in the, the um, 12th man Seahawks thing because they always talked about how loud it was. So they would always show the noise meter. And it was probably, what was it, like 110 or something? It wasn't much louder than what you're saying Lambo or was or whatever. I don't know if you're talking about the char. I'm guessing you were talking about Lambo. It'd just be nice to see that, just out of curiosity. Just like on that, uh, when Amazon does their Thursday thing, I really kind of like that. I just wish they did more, because right now it just seems like circles around guys with their names, which is kind of cool, I guess, but not really. One of the things I would love is if they just had like a little mile per hour ticker on there. I think that would be freaking dope. Also, they should do that Monday and Sunday and Thursday, not just Thursdays. Just give the whole freaking thing to Amazon, because they do a better job. But that's a separate topic. Brian, Emilio here. What's up? Look, man, uh, I know you, I'm sure you watched some of the game last night, but uh, 
I don't know if it's just me, but I cannot handle just Taylor Swift being absolutely shoved down our throats. Okay, let alone the fact that the announcers have an entire game. I mean, they watch tape on literally Taylor Swift film so that they could talk about it. Like, I understand that we came here to watch a football game. All right. I mean, it's cool people show up, but I don't want to have... That's the thing. It's a side note. Like, it's just it's just kind of embarrassing because th- there isn't actually a lot going on. You know, it's it's like people are like, Taylor Swift has taken over the NFL. No, she doesn't. No, she has not. She showed up to a couple games and sat in a booth. There's just a lot of people who can't stop talking about it, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> like, what? why are you talking about it so much? I don't understand what the relevance is to anything. Like, why it's such a big deal. Um, I mean, I, I understand that some people think it's like an NFL marketing thing, which could be, from the NFL standpoint, a marketing thing. So I saw some stat that... Which is stupid, by the way. And this is why the NFL is stupid. The, the NFL is always reaching out to the demographics that don't want to watch football. Which is dumb, because there is no... Lo- well, look at how much, like, the, the 12 to 15-year-old girls have gone up 45%. Bro, they're tuning in to look at Taylor Swift, and they're tuning back out. They don't give a crap about the Chiefs game. Do you think for one second that, let's say Taylor Swift is there for, like, five years or something. If if she leaves, is there now a massive market of just hardcore, like, 13-year-old girls just watching football? Like, yeah, screw Taylor! Football! They don't care about football! Yes, they tuned in for a second. Congratulations. Some major win there. They're not tuning in to watch football. You're constantly reaching out to the people that don't give a crap about football. But honestly, like, it's just, it's funny because I don't, I don't really notice it. Like, the games that I've been watching, I've been watching Red Zone. So Red Zone just bounces around from game to game. So it's not like an announcer talking about Taylor Swift. So I haven't really seen anything. So all I see is on social media, people arguing back and forth about whether it's stupid or whether the people that think it's stupid are stupid. But, but there really is just this, this incessant need to talk about it, and it's just weird. I mean, let, let, let's have a conversation about it right now. What, what can we say about it? Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey and is sitting in the Chiefs booth. Okay, what else? What else do we need to talk about here? Is there, is there any... So what, what, what is there to talk about? I don't understand. It's, it's similar to the Simone Biles thing, but, but just bigger, where it's like, oh, that's cool. It's a cool side note. Like, oh, dude, Simone Biles, like, that's cool. She's wearing, like, a Packer gear and all that stuff. Like, that's dope. Haha, she's a Packer fan. She's on our team. But it's, it's, a, it's a footnote for a day, and then you move on. Like, what is there still to talk about? Taylor Swift is still there. Like, hey, did you see this video? Like, yes, yeah, 700 times of her, like, high-fiving someone in a booth. Yeah. Why, why, why are we watching that once, much less 90 times? It's just kind of a weird, embarrassing obsession that's kind of creepy. I mean, again, if you are a 13-year-old girl, like, whatever, none of them are listening to this podcast right now anyway, so it doesn't matter, and none of them are watching any of the football programs that, you know, you've got these grown 60-year-old ex-football coaches talking about Taylor Swift, like, pretending they care, trying to appeal to an audience that is not watching. I don't know. I, I, I'm just genuinely curious what there is to talk about. Like, the, the Chiefs are undefeated. Bro, it's the Chiefs. Did you expect them to lose one of these games or what? I just, I don't know. I don't understand what we're talking about. It, it seems like the only thing we, we have to talk about right now is whether talking about it or being angry talking about it 
is is the the right path to be on because we have to split everything into two teams. I've said this a thousand times. There's an issue. We split it into two teams, then we fight about it. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, I guess my team is we talked about it. I think it's done now, but of course it's not going to be because you know we got to piss off the anti Swifties because <laughs> that's how things go now. To be learning about Taylor Swift every single day, she's there, and the fact that like the media is behind it like with every every other commercial with a taylor swift commercial um or a jake from state farm commercial like it was it was basically a chiefs game at jet stadium you know what i'm saying like the refs were just oh man it was a tough game to watch you know i didn't watch uh, it so i don't know i saw people complaining the Mahomes gets away with, I don't know, 10 holds by the O-line, false starts and all that. They call it Tiggy Tech, DPI, and, oh, man, I just, if they keep, if this turns into something, like, there's no way they were going to let Taylor Swift go to a game and lose, right? They go to the Bears game, they stop them, obviously. Everybody knew that was going to happen. The fact that the Jets made it a game, NFL got scared. Because if Taylor Swift is there and Kelsey loses, oh my God, the world's gonna end. And now we got what? All these new people sitting here trying. They're trying to teach. You know, they're trying to say she put him on the map and all that. I just, <laughs> it is just. There's something going on back there with the media, Taylor Swift and the NFL. They're trying to push it on the young generation, and uh, she is going to be the unit that they are pushing. I. Tell me I'm wrong, but let me hear what you think. I just cannot handle it, man. Um, yeah, it's turning into their storytelling, not uh, not a not a not a kids' game that we love. All right, man. Appreciate you. Go back. Well, I think it just it kind of goes back to the massive disconnect, in my opinion, from the people that run the NFL, like the people at the corporate office in the NFL, the owners. And even a lot of the people that cover the NFL and the just general NFL fans. I think there's just a massive disconnect. And I, I really think that a lot of um, NFL fans are seen as kind of <laughs> looked down upon, to be honest. Like the, the average NFL fan, and I don't think anybody would admit that this is the average NFL fan, but it's it's the classic middle American drinking a beer, watching a game, just wanting to watch, you know, dudes smash into each other, throwing touchdown passes and hail mirror. Like it's just it's like it's not about what fans are, who they are and what they want. It's about what we want them to be. They look at the demographic and go, this isn't what we want the demographic to be. We need to change it. Change the game away from what it is toward the demographic that we want. And now, that's either because they look at NFL fans and say they're hooked, they're not going anywhere, so we can basically take the game away from them, move it over here, and they'll still follow it, and then we can maybe pick up a larger base, or they're just trying to move it away from them entirely. Just like, screw you guys, we're going over here. If you want to leave, don't care. But I mean, it's, it's a conscious choice to focus on the things that they focus about. The, the, the NFL shows, they, they are a certain way. Like I said, I watch them, not one of them is, is the way that I would want it to be if it was up to me. I can't imagine too many people that would want to actually structure the shows the way that they're structured. I'm sure a lot of people love them, that they, they think that they're great, the way that they, that it's like watching The View for, for football. Wouldn't be my preference. 
But it is what it is, man. And I guess for the most part, people can be interested in whatever they want. People can fake being interested in whatever they want. Pretend that they're interested in the Taylor Swift thing, I guess. Because that's what we're going to do. But I, 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 I just... Again, I haven't really heard a lot of it. I don't watch a lot of the, the ESPN stuff or whatever. So I, the, the constant being pounded into people's ears, I'm not getting it. Again, all I see on social media is people are talking about the fact that people are talking about it. And I'm kind of just amazed that people are still talking about it. Like what? Again, give me another piece of information that we need to talk about. I, I genuinely, and, and granted, I'm bad at this. Sort of the small talk like, hey, tell me about yourself. Tell me... Freaking your job, and uh, that's all I got. But I, I cannot think of anything else. Are we? Is it like, are are they dating? Is that the question? Or do we care? Do we want to know? I don't want to know. Do you want to know? Are we going to find out if we talk about it all day? Are they going to get married? Is she going to buy the team? I mean, what, are, what, what is there to talk about? I don't have any idea. I'm trying to think of an equivalent for me. What that would be. I mean, we know Brian Baumgartner is a Packer fan, and he did a commercial for the Packers at one time, back in the day. We know Lil Wayne is a Packer fan, right? He was, he was at the game. Uh, which one was it? It was, it was the, the first home game for the Packers. He was there. That's awesome. At no point during that game did I go, where's Lil Wayne? Why aren't they showing him on the TV? I like Lil Wayne. I, I grew up, I mean, not grew up, it was in college. We listened to Lil Wayne daily. It was constantly being played. He had every hit song, every party we, we threw, which was like every single day of the week. Lil Wayne was, was blasting while we're playing beer pong, flip cup, case races, etc., etc. I'm a big fan of his. He's a huge star. One of the biggest rappers in the world. He's a massive Packer fan. He's at the game. I don't give a crap. Like, it's a cool footnote, but I, I, have I ever talked about it? It's just, I don't, I just, I'm just confused, I guess. I, I, I guess I just need to listen. I just need to tune in and find out what people are saying so I can uh, figure out what there is even to talk about. Because I'm just at a complete loss for what else is interesting about this situation. A football player is dating a pop star? Wow, that's freaking amazing. We should talk about that forever. Like, we should talk about it a lot. I mean, even my wife doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't even... She, she's always kind of semi-interested in that. She showed me a picture like, did you know this? I was like, yep. And she was like, that was it. Like, oh, yeah, I guess they're dating. Like, oh, okay. So, I, yeah, I, I just, I'm just more confused than anything. I, I don't understand it. I, I think the whole thing is stupid. And again, a little bit embarrassing because it's <laughs> mostly grown men on social media who are, like, defending it and like, no, this is a great thing. Like, what, what thing? Like, what is the thing? I don't even know what the thing is. What is the thing that's happening that's great? What, what's great? That she's a Chiefs fan? That she's at the Chiefs game? That she's dating someone? That the, that, what, like, what is the thing that happened that's a great thing for the NFL. I mean, she's been a fan. I, I forgot what somebody said. She was a fan of a different team. So just because she's dating someone? Didn't Rodgers date like 500 supermodels? Or, you know, the race car driver? Anybody care? I mean, it's, it's not Taylor Swift. I, I, I get that. But it was still somebody. And it wasn't interesting. Who gives a crap? I don't know. I just don't understand the world, I guess. Again, it's, it's, it's an interesting footnote for a day. It's been like 10 days, a week, I don't know. I mean, I, we're going to end it here. I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm just going to watch. I'm going to watch every video I can find about what people are talking about with Taylor Swift to see like what the actual thing is that's interesting. Because I, I, I can't even imagine what it would be. 
But I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.